Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. I'm wondering, have you ever had one of those moments, or can you think back to one of those moments if you've had it, where you knew you were really in trouble after you've done something? Maybe it was one of your younger years. You knew, you knew, that, <laughs> you knew that you'd messed up big time. Um, for me, at least, it was uh, a, a while back when I was... Uh, having a nice uh, game of badminton with my cousin out in, in the backyard of my auntie's holiday house. And, and we just thought we'd have a nice game of badminton and, and put on a, a little bit of music as we're playing badminton. Um, part of the challenge with the song that we put on is uh, it was the song Get In The Ring by uh, the wonderful heavy metal band called Guns N' Roses. And we've got some Guns N' Roses fans here already. And, 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 and some of the lyrics of that song, well, I can't really repeat it said, like, don't antagonise me, mother something. Get in the ring, mother something. And um, that, that means it's a rude word if I'm saying something. <laughs> and if you look up the lyrics, uh, it just, there was a bracket around that, if you look the lyrics up, that says times 16. It just, it just goes on and on and on and on like that, which, which is fine when you're listening to a little bit of music as an 11-year-old hearing that sort of stuff with your older cousin, right? It's not that bad. Apart from the fact that we were playing it at about 90 decibels and about the volume that was coming out of these speakers this morning. And I guess the other challenge was that uh, we were playing badminton right next door to the retirement village that my, <laughs> that my auntie owned and managed. <laughs> Needless to say, the person right next door was so incensed. They, I just don't understand why some older, of the older generation don't have a love and appreciation for the lyrics of Guns N' Roses, but they didn't like it. Um, so much so that, that they actually moved out of their place uh, in the village there. So I don't know what it cost my auntie, uh, but as a result, we were grounded for like three days of the holidays. We, we, didn't, we didn't move outside of... Uh, of the room that we're in for those three days. And so needless to say that uh, I never played loud music towards the next door neighbours again after that point. And, um, and you'd be surprised to find that, that I had a whole lot of other things that I would do throughout my life to modify behaviour. It happens through primary school and then high school and then uh, when I got a job and then when you're starting to date people. Uh, I, I had a whole range of these different moments in which uh, the moment caused me to modify my behaviour. Now, I'm sure I'm talking to people who have been through exactly the same experience, right? Oh, well, not playing. <laughs> I mean, modifying your behaviour. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you go to that job and they say, this is how things are done here. And so you modify your behaviour. You go on that first date and you know that that is what he or she likes. So you modify your behaviour. In fact... Us humans get very, very good at finding out the things that we need to do in order to be successful by modifying our behaviour. But then every now and then, and I'm sure it's never happened to you, but you have this moment where, where you do something, something is said, and at the least it's a little bit embarrassing, but at worst it's just downright hurtful. You find yourself saying stupid stuff, doing stupid stuff. And you catch yourself saying, where the heck did that come from? And anyone who loves you and is close to you and is around you knows, well, we know exactly where that came from. You've been doing that for years. And that's the challenge, isn't it? That an unguarded heart has the power to overpower our most guarded behaviour. 
That's why it's so important to think about guardrails. We're going to talk about guardrails to our hearts because that's been our series. We finished that this week. But we've been talking about guardrails. If you've just joined us this morning, you're a, you're a visitor. A guardrail is this. They're all over the road. You may not have seen them. But a, a guardrail is, is a thing, a, a barrier that's placed inside the safety zone that if you hit it, it does damage, but it minimises the damage that could happen if you fly over the edge of a cliff. Now, uh, how, the, how the non-road guardrails operate in our lives is a, a non-road guardrail is, is really something in our mind, in our conscience, something that dings, that says, hey, uh, this, this hurts now, but this damage is nothing compared to what will happen in the long run. And so we've been talking about how we set up guardrails in our life, uh, in our friendships, in our friends with benefit chips, um, <laughs> Uh, in our sexual lives, uh, we've been talking about uh, guardrails in our finances and this morning we're going to talk about what does it mean to set up guardrails in our hearts because there was a really wise guy, in fact some people think he was the wisest guy that ever lived called King Solomon and people would travel all around the country to hear what he had to say and in one of his books of wisdom he said this, above all else guard your hearts because everything flows from it. And we know this, that, that if our behaviour can negatively impact the relationships of the people around us, if our behaviour can do so much damage, then wouldn't it make sense that we establish guardrails in our hearts? That's what we're going to look at this morning. I don't know, maybe you know. Anyone here know or seen someone that because of... Anyone who's blown up a marriage or blown up a career... Or blown up a friendship, blown up a relationship because uh, something on the inside has crept to the outside? <laughs> Maybe some of you this morning, um, that, that's been your story. And what do we do when that happens? <laughs> what do we do when we have those moments that doesn't mean to pop, pop outside of us? You know, the, the heart gets through the guard of behavior. What do we do? We say, we say what? I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> We blow up a relationship and so we say, I'm, I'm, well, that's it. I'm done with men. I'm done with women. Can't trust them. I'm never going to date again. Or, or you, you blow up an area of a career and you say, oh, that wasn't meant for me. I'm, I'm not, that's it. I forget it. I'm taking a different pathway. Right? It's almost like we set up these, these negative guardrails, unhealthy guardrails, um, because of the pain of the situation. And, and so that, that is exactly the dynamic that, that Jesus was speaking into in this passage when he was having a bit of a stoush with the religious leaders. Now, it all starts up with a snide little comment from the side, one of those sorts of little party gossip things that he overhears. Oh, why, why, do, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Now, this is not a Bible passage this morning that's, uh, that's saying that the Bible's got an issue with manners. Okay? <laughs> that's, that's not biblical. That's just common sense. <laughs> okay, get the Purell out. Um, do what we've got to do. That's not what it's talking about here. What they were getting at is that, is that uh, hand washing was a, was a ceremonial practice by the priests of the high temple. And so they were the ones doing God's work. So it sort of stood to reason in the significance of that uh, spiritual work that they were doing that they would ceremonially cleanse themselves. But over time what had happened is that the, the religious guys had taken that and, and twisted it so much that they then imposed that as a rule, not for the high priests and the priests and the people in the, working in the temple, but for everyone. So when Jesus hears this gossip, he's like, I'm not breaking, I'm not breaking any big laws. I'm just, I'm just breaking your traditions. I'm just breaking what, what you've set up. 
And so that's why he then goes in, verse 3, and then, then he, 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 gets, he, he gets right in their face. And he says, look, why, don't, and why do you, if I'm breaking the hand-washing rules, why do you break the commands of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honour your mother and father. Anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. Goes on saying that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honour their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. <laughs> Which, side note, pause button. This is a great passage. If you're, if you're watching in and you're the sort of person who can't stand religious people, um, good news for you this morning is you and Jesus have got something in common. <laughs> Jesus can't stand the way that religion was twisting um, God's intent. We get, get down into all the details of it. But, but basically his, his retort was is that, is that they, they were finding loopholes in the law where uh, basically if you had received property uh, like an inheritance, then some of that should be offered up to God. But, uh, but it was being twisted. And so uh, they were saying, well, if it's, if it's all about honouring our mother and father, then we should just disobey this part of the law of on, honouring God with that. And so they were twisting things around. Uh, in fact, they were elevating their traditions over the law. Now, it, it, it sounds obscure, but here's, here's what's happening. Here's, here's what was happening with all this, whatever the tradition making was. Here what was happening in this prioritisation of the tradition. It's like, um, it's, it's, it's like having a, a teenage kid and, and the father says to the daughter, hey, um, don't speak to your mother disrespectfully. And so the daughter says, okay, well, yeah, all right, I'll think about that. Uh, I'll work it out, you know, um, Oh, Dad, I've come up with a solution. I'm not going to speak to Mum disrespectfully. And Dad says, how are you going to do that? That's great. She says, well, I'm not going to speak to Mum at all. <laughs> Some of you parents have already felt this tradition. <laughs> um, now, can you see what, what's happened? You've, um, you, you've, you've set a rule so you don't violate the rule. And as a result, you're violating the rule. Does that make sense? That's, that's, this is the craziness of what Jesus was getting into. Um, here's the wonderful law of God, the rule. You've set another rule because you're so petrified of breaking the rule that you're in fact breaking the rule. <laughs> he says, get, get over it. In, in fact, what he's, he's getting, what he's getting at is that this is behavior modification at its worst. And... You know, some of you might be listening into this and saying, oh, yeah, but this is some weird religious mumbo jumbo. You know, this is a book that's 2,000 years ago, but, but let's be real about it. You don't have to be a person of faith to have your own religious traditions, right? You can set your own rules up in life um, that, that, that you use. I'm not going to date that person. I'm not, I'm not going there. I've had enough. I've had enough. Remember the negative reinforcement of the guardrails? You can set up your own religious traditions to follow and totally miss the heart of the Father. And that's what Jesus was getting at. Um, uh, and, and what we have to be reminded by what he says here is never allow the practice of a rule to overwhelm the intention of that rule. So important for this guardrail series because we could turn this into religious tradition. But look at the heart of the father in all of this. The real problem, because the problem is behavior modification doesn't fix the problem. We feel that. We've talked about that. We affectionately call that MacGyvering here at Northside, right? Behavior modification is just gaffer taping good behavior onto the outside of yourself. That's what Jesus was getting at here. But that's not the real problem. 
And Jesus in his brilliance, is like the master psychologist, speaks into that. Then here he says, Jesus calls to the crowd and says, listen and understand what goes into your mouth doesn't defile you. But what comes out of your mouth, that's what defiles you. And Jesus is getting to the heart of the real problem. The real problem is this. Our hearts leak. What's on the inside seeps to the outside. And we, f- we feel this all the time. The most unguarded behaviour can never overpower the power of an unguarded heart. And we feel that. I remember seeing a family member was, were driving to an event and, and they're, they're there in their Volkswagen. We're in those family convoys that you've got to do and, and the car's sort of swerving all over the road and, and we're going around corners and crossing double lines and you could see behind them just their silhouettes just seemed quite agitated in that. And when we got to the family event, I walked up to a family member and said, Dumb, you guys were having a pretty interesting conversation in the car on the way there, weren't you? <laughs> was that a little bit, little bit angry? And he said, oh, it was that obvious, was it? <laughs> the whole car swerving all over the road. Um, our lives are like that car. Swerve everywhere. And we, we feel that because um, really what comes out of the heart, says Jesus, is our character. And our character, our character leaks. Our character is what you leak over the long term. It's what you leak to the world. How honest are you really? How confident are you really? How joyful are you really? And that's what Jesus was getting at. He, he says, I want you to understand this. When you put the wrong thing in your mouth, that's not what makes you at odds with God. He's saying this is so serious. It's the things that come out of a person's mouth that really, as he says in that passage, these are the things that come from the heart. These are the things that make you at odds with God, not what you put in your mouth. And they're saying, hang on, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me God's more concerned with the words that I have with the relationships around me and the words to him than what I put in my mouth? And Jesus says, yes, exactly. Because this, the words, words are not just words. This is a character issue. This is a character matter. Words are important. And any parent, any parent of a young child has understood this. They've understood this when you see a child and they come at you and they're angry at you and they say, Daddy's a poo-poo, right? <laughs> Daddy's a poo-poo. And, and a, and a parent, parent gets upset, but they don't get upset just because they said the word poo-poo. Like if we're real, any, any parent can handle the word poo-poo. <laughs> um, but, but, but every parent, every good parent speaks into that situation because what they're really getting at is that that, look, those words might be poo-poo now, but, um, but words are a reflection of our character. And what will those words be in 20 years' time? And so Jesus comes here and says, look, um, if, we, if we don't address this now, if you don't address what is in your heart, um, these things that, that, that spill from your heart, God can handle these things that spill from your heart, but he doesn't like it. And the reason he doesn't like it, you can interpret one of two ways. The religious person will interpret the reason that God doesn't like these things that slip out from us. Uh, They'll interpret him not like it on the basis of, I doesn't like it because we're breaking his rule. But, and we can't miss this, anyone who sees God as their father, they... They, they see that God doesn't like this when it spills out from our, ma- our mouths because we have a loving father and we have a good parent that can handle when we call him a poo-poo or someone else a poo-poo. 
but says, if you don't get this in check now, if this is flowing from you now, it, leave it one, two, three, 20 years, it's going to twist you and it's going to warp you. Can you see the difference? It's not about following rules. So you, you, see this, you see this with people. You know, imagine a guy that's, that's always grown up having an issue with his mother. You know, think of what it does to his relationships. Think of what it does in the way that he treats women. Think of, the, of what happens when there's this base note of self-pity and anger constantly resonating in his life. You think that's the sort of guy in 10 years' time that's going to have a healthy relationship with women? It means every relationship, it's spilling out, it's leaking out. There's anger, there's frustration, there's lack of intimacy, all because of this issue of the heart that's back here. So can you see the problem of why Jesus is brilliant about this? Behaviour modification never works. And the big problem that we have is that our, our behaviour will eventually always mirror our hearts. So if our hearts are so leaky... <laughs> um, if they're so leaky, and we, we all sense this and feel this. Um, I've had moments like this. I've, I've had moments this week like this. Certain people in this auditorium that have seen me with things that have leaked and behaviours that I haven't been all that proud of. <laughs> the unguarded heart comes out. Um, if these things have the potential to leak and, and to leak into the lives around us, wouldn't it make sense that we put guardrails on our hearts? And what are they? Look, I want to talk about four things quickly. That if, if you store these things in your heart, they leak in a bad way. Um, they, they, they leak out. They're, they're, they're tensions that need your attention. They're emotions that, that should ding your conscious. If you've got one of these, they should ding your conscious and you should look at it. If you feel this, if you sense this, then you've hit the guardrail and <laughs> you need to process that this week. The first one is guilt. Guilt says, I owe you. Guilt, guilt says, I did something that you don't know about. And, and it, it leads to walls, it leads to inauthenticity, it leads to dishonesty. It leads to secrets, it leads to distance in relationships. It leads to, what's up with you? Nothing. What's up with you? Nothing. What's happening with you? Nothing. What's up with you? Nothing. What's happening? Nothing's wrong. What's going on? Nothing. Nothing. How long is this going to go for? Our whole marriage? Guilt constantly leaks out in, an, in a negative way. There's something wrong, and I don't want to tell you something, something is wrong with me, but I'm carrying it. So there's guilt. Then there's, there's anger. Anger says, not I owe you, but you owe me. Anger is, it says, you owe me because you took something from me. Anger's never, by the way, isolated from its region of its origin. In other words, you always carry anger with you. Something happened. You were hurt as a kid. You were hurt in that job. You were hurt by that person. That was like five years ago. That was like 10 years ago. And then something pops up over here. And boom. You know, it, oh, where'd that come from? You know where that came from 10 years ago? <laughs> anger, anger's, like, um, anger's like the little water fountain at, at my kids' swimsters, swim classes. You know, they've got this water fountain. With, you've seen those fountains with the little spouts that come up from at the water parks? You know, um, anger's a bit like that. You know, you, you have a fountain over here, and, and, but your behaviour modify and you put your foot on it and you step on it and you think you've solved it and then another fountain pops up over there. <laughs> You're constantly carrying anger and it's never divorced from its region of its origin. Greed. Greed's another one of those things that should ding, ding your con conscience. Greed says, I owe me. <laughs> 
Greed, greed, remember last week, greed is merely just the assumption of my consumption. I just assume that it's mine. I can, I've, I've, I've got the resources and I can see that need and I can see that problem and I've seen that request and I've seen that those people need that, but uh, I've decided that my money is for me because I owe me. I just need to spoil myself. <laughs> it doesn't have to relate to money too, by the way. You know, I was reading an article in Mamma Mia online. <laughs> Is it? Um, um, saying about dads that are not interested in their kids. Mums dealing with the desperation of dads that would rather play PlayStation or wash the car. That's, that's greed. It's got nothing to do with money. It's just, I, I, I'm owed some me time. The last one's jealousy. Jealousy says, life owes me. Jealousy says, somebody got what I deserve. Life owes me. She got what I deserve. He got what I deserve. They got that promotion. Life owes me. <laughs> and and, 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 and you, you go around, you're saying, no, I don't like Kim. I don't like her. I don't like them. <laughs> and you know what is so messed up with jealousy? You know what's so messed up with jealousy? I'm sure you've never done this. But what is so messed up with jealousy is you end up celebrating other people's failures. How can that be healthy for us? You feel it, you sense it. Is, is anything worse than that? <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to leave you there. I'll give you four, four suggestions. Um, the, the, first, the first one is this, and look, before we go, go into this, by the way, too, look, if, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, um, you know, I want to say to you that um, you don't have to do any of this. <laughs> um, if you're watching in, you know, probably feeling like Sam's telling you, well, this is what you've got to do, and I should be doing this, like, no, no, you don't. It's, it's, it's okay. You haven't, you haven't signed on to the program, so to speak, just yet, but... But here's what I want to promise you. If you take these things in the next three minutes, this is what just makes life better. I don't know any other place. By the way, church, I was saying this to Kristen in the car. Do we ever stop to think of how significant the, the psychological and spiritual input and the health of the teachings of Jesus Christ is in any given week? <laughs> the guy's got to be the smartest guy on the planet. He was. I don't know about you, but I, like, I don't stop to go, you know what, I, I get this every week for free. <laughs> anyway, that was a side note. Um, if, if you follow this, even if you're not a Christian, just take it as common sense. Life will be better. But if you're dealing with guilt, confess. Speak it out. Work out what you've got to tell someone. You, you, your reputation may take a hit. Your marriage might take a hit in the short term. It's going to do damage but that's what guardrails do. It's damage, but it's minimised damage. So confess. Tell someone about it. If you're angry, forgive. Identify what's been taken from you that five or ten or fifteen years ago and cancel the debt. Some of you are going, yeah, if I do that, they're getting off. Yeah, they're getting off. But so are you. You don't think that this thing back here has not got you by the neck? Forgive and let it go. It's not an easy process. Get with people. Forgive. If you're dealing with greed, just give. We said that last week. Uh, the one way to solve greed is uh, it's the one area of your spiritual life where you, where you do the what before the why. Just do it, Nike. <laughs> Write some big to you checks or EFTs. Just give. Not to the church necessarily, just to people of your time. 
Maybe some dads have got to get off the PS4. And jealousy, um, just celebrate. Celebrate the success of others. You know, when it comes to jealousy for us in our spiritual life, particularly for us Christians, I think first and foremost, let's just call a spade a spade and acknowledge that maybe the reason that we are jealous is because we're not mad at life, we're mad at God. And we thought because I believed and I prayed and I did these things and I turned up to church and I asked for the prayer of the elders for this stuff and it didn't happen. (laughs) Let's just call a spade a spade. And when we live like this, more often than not, it's because I'm not mad at life, I'm mad at God. He didn't turn up for me, he didn't show up for me. And so um, the way that you solve that, life happens, says the Bible. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Life happens, but actively celebrate the successes of other people around you. So you confess, you forgive, you give, you celebrate. You, know, you, you get yourself up tomorrow, whatever it is for you, and, and, and you just... You just Set yourself up in the mirror with a little marker and you look at yourself and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm telling, I'm letting go, I'm giving, I'm celebrating, whatever that is for you, you just, you just speak that out. That's what, that's what you do, you just go through that discipline. But here's where I want to get up this morning, get at this morning when, as we finish. Um, we're, we're learning in positive parenting at the moment that, um, that the best way to nurture a child is um, first of all, you keep your own emotions in check when there's an elevated. I've got a little diagram for all of this. Um, but we've just got this exercise now where um, whenever our kids are upset, little Zachy's upset, um, he'll come in and he's crying. And now particularly that he's at school, he's, he's upset about all sorts of things. And, and kids are not the most vocal when they're talking about things. You say, how's school? It just goes, good. <laughs> What'd you get up to? Stuff. Right? But whenever you can see, you can sense it on them that something's happening there. And we get down and we say, hey, hey buddy, um, is everything okay with your heart? You see, we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't get worried about the emotion. We don't say, why are you sad? Why are you crying? What's, what's happening in your heart, buddy? What's going on on the inside? Because remember, whatever's on the inside seeps to the outside. That's what, that's what, that's what Jesus wants to say to you guys this morning. Hey, I, I can see something's going on. Is everything okay with your heart? Are you obsessing over something? Are there things you can't let go? Is everything okay with your heart? You're holding on to something. You're angry. You're constantly angry. Is, is everything okay with your heart? You're holding on to stuff. You're not letting it go. You, Becoming consumed, is everything okay with your heart? You're celebrating other people's, other people's losses, failures? Everything all right with your heart? Jesus says that to you not because, not because he's worried about you breaking his rules. Because he wants what is best for you. And he knows that his children are not meant, meant to live like this. Because if you live like this, if these things have dinged your conscience this morning, you've hit a guardrail of your heart and the thing's going to leak and seep. And if you let that leak and sweep, uh, if you let that leak too, too much, it, it's going to twist you. In fact, be real, for some of you, it is twisting you. Stop it, he says. Is everything okay? Do a reality check. There are things there left unchecked. 
It's already twisting it. Give it to him now. Give it to him now. And like Solomon said, once you do, above all else, above all else, above all else, guard your heart because everything flows from it. Let's pray. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.